Big days bring butterflies, don't they? Some people get excited. For some of you, the big day means the nervous exhilaration of something important happening. For others of you, it's not so much exhilarating as it is paralyzing the anxiety. Something important is happening today. What if I screw it all up? Big days bring butterflies, both for good and for ill. That's the nature of big, important things. Think of some of the big, important days in your life. There are some that you don't remember at all. Your birthday, nobody asked you. There weren't butterflies that day. But if you ask your mom, I bet there were butterflies for her. A big, important day like the day of a birth of a child brings butterflies for mom and a little bit for dad, too. Things are going to change, right? Things are going to change. Life will not be the same. It is the end of the world as mom and dad know it when a baby is born. Doesn't mean it's the total end. There is a new beginning, but it is the end of an old kind of world. There's other big days, too. Maybe the big day for you that you might remember is the first day of school or the first day of high school or the first day of college or the first day at a new job. These are big, important days that bring butterflies to our stomachs. What's going to happen today? Am I going to rise to the occasion, or am I going to be crippled under the weight? This is the nature of big days. And again, for some people, big days make you excited. If you're ready for it, if you're on a team and you've been practicing, you know that you're ready for the big day. But if you haven't been practicing, if you're not really ready, if you're not really sure then a big day makes you say, I wish it would never come. Today we hear of the biggest day of all, the day of the Lord. Behold, the day is coming, Malachi said. Malachi, that last of the prophets of old, the messenger of the Lord. Behold, the day is coming. And you heard the double reality of that day put very clearly by Malachi, didn't you? It is a day that will burn like an oven for those who hate the Lord but it is a day that will shine like the sun, that will shine with healing in its wings for those who love the Lord. That's the double character of big days. Those who aren't ready are destroyed by big days, and those who are, those who are, are thrilled when the big day finally comes. When we talk about big days, I want you to think of the day of the Lord. And that title, that day, is going to be a little bit elusive for us to really pin down, but just consider this double character of the day of the Lord. It is, on the one hand, a consuming fire. It is a shaking down of this old world. But on the other hand, it is a bright and glorious day. And so when you hear Malachi talk, what happens in your own heart? Do you say, yes, I'm ready for that day? Or do you say, you know, I've still got a lot of things to get ready. I haven't been going to practice. I'm not ready for the big day. Whether you're ready or not, the day will come. That is what Malachi said long ago. The people of Israel at the time of Malachi's prophecy were living in a sort of state of despair. They had returned from the Babylonian captivity, and they had rebuilt the temple, but you know what happens when you rebuild things? It's never quite as good as it used to be. And so many of the people of Judah in those days slipped into a kind of despondency. We're back, they said, but not really. 
And we're probably never going to get back to how we were before. Things are just going to go on forever. The Lord has forgotten about us. Do you know that feeling? Do you know that kind of despondency? Do you know that kind of hope for the past that never quite comes back? And that nagging fear that maybe, just maybe, it'll never be as good as it used to be. Maybe, just maybe, the Lord has really forgotten about us. Malachi spoke right into that situation these words of promise. Behold, don't give up, don't forget that the Lord has not forgotten you. He has fixed a day and it is coming. It will be a day that makes all other days look just like little twilights. For those who are evil will be put down. Now just think of that. We hear that and I think at first we kind of get a little nervous because we all know that there is sin that dwells in our own hearts. But consider a time when evil will be no more, when there will be no more crooked conspiracies in the world, where there will be no more divisions even within your own heart. Should I do what the Lord wants me to do or should I do what I want to do? Imagine the day when those things will no longer exist, but when it will be our great delight to do only and always the will of the Lord. And he won't have to coerce us into it, right? It won't be like a mom telling her kids, now get back in your room and do your chores for the 20th time. But it will be our joy. We will be like leaping calves to do the will of the Lord. Isn't that what Malachi said? Behold, the day is coming and it will burn like an oven against the evildoers. But for those who fear the Lord, it will be like a sunshine. It'll be like a sunrise and you will turn into calves leaping at the stalls. This is the double character of the day of the Lord. It will be a wonderful day for those who love him, but it will be a terrible and awful day for those who hate him. And that's the same way that Jesus talked about it, isn't it? You heard in our gospel reading Jesus talking about a day that would change everything, a day when the world as his disciples knew it would come to an end and a new age would come in. Now, I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm somewhat of a pessimist, right? You know, glass half empty kind of a guy. But look how Jesus talks about that day. He says, when you see the leaves sprouting on the trees, then you know that summer is near. Now, if it was me, and I've said this before, if it was me and I was talking about a great change, I would say it the other way around. I would say when the leaves start falling off the trees, then you know that winter is coming. Oh, and it's cold and it's dreary and it's sad and it's gray and the light doesn't shine for much. But look what Jesus says about the day of the Lord. He says it's not like winter coming and ruining our fun. It is like the summertime. When the leaves sprout on the trees, you know that summer is near. You know that the harvest is coming. You know that it's time to party, that it's time to celebrate. Behold, when all these things happen, when the world is shaken and it looks like the stars are falling out of the skies, then straighten up, Jesus says, and lift your heads for your redemption is coming. Not the dreary cold of winter, but the joy of summer is at hand. This is the double character of the day of the Lord. For those who love him, for those who are eager for his appearing, it is our great hope. But for those who love this world, for those who love how things currently are, for those who love the status quo, for those who love a divided mind between the things of the world and the things of the Lord, well, it's no fun to have it all shaken down. The day of the Lord will come 
as that big day. And I would have you be ready for it. Malachi would have you be ready for it. Jesus would have you be ready for it. For the day of the Lord has already, in fact, begun to come into our world. Malachi put it this way. He says that day, and he described it this way, is the day when I will act. The day when the Lord of hosts acts. Now, we could understand this just very basically, right? Every day is the day of the Lord. Every day, the Lord makes the sun rise. Every day, he makes the sun set. Every day, he holds the universe together. So it's not like God ever doesn't act. But there are special days. There are certain days and certain times when the Lord acts in a decisive manner. Just think through the history of Israel. When they came out of Egypt, that was the day of the Lord. Everything changed. It was the end of the world as they knew it and the beginning of something new. When they installed David as king, it was the end of the old world and the beginning of the new. When they came back from the Babylonian captivity, it was the end of the old world and the beginning of the new. And most decisively of all, when Jesus came into this world, when the Son of God was born of the Virgin Mary, when he came to take away our sins, when he died on that cross and on the third day rose, what was it? It was the day of the Lord. It was the decisive day when the Lord would act for our redemption, when he would deal with our sins once and for all and raise up that Son of Man to glory. And so as much as we call it the day of the Lord, we should also speak of it as the Lord's day. What do you think of when you hear the Lord's day? If I say, behold, the Lord's day is here, do you think of the end of the world or do you think of Sunday? Don't we call Sundays the Lord's day? I think that's fitting, that's appropriate, because still on the Lord's day, on Sundays, God acts decisively to save his people. No, it's not the final day, it's not the end of the world, but it is the day today, the day of salvation when the Lord makes his voice heard in your ears, when the Lord speaks his absolution to you, when the Lord gives his own body and blood onto your lips to taste and see that he is good. Truly, it is the Lord's day. Throughout scripture, the Lord's day is called the third day. It was on the third day when Abraham took Isaac up to that top of that mountain, Mount Moriah. It was on the third day when our Lord Jesus rose up from the grave and put an end to this old passing age. That was the beginning of a new day. That was the beginning of the summer of redemption. That was the beginning of the harvest. And now that day continues. The Lord shakes the world now to establish what is unshakable. That's how it says it in the epistle to the Hebrews. The world that we know, Jesus described all of these cataclysmic things, right? The sun and the moon and the stars falling and the sea and the uh, rivers being in uproar and the nations being in perplexity. Well, we've experienced some of that perplexity in the last couple of years, haven't we? People fainting with fear and foreboding. Why? Because the things of this world get shaken up. Things that we trusted in are seen to be untrustworthy. People who we hoped in have proven to be untrustworthy. Institutions that we loved and had gotten used to simply always being true have been proven rather unhelpful guides. The Lord shakes this world. 
but he shakes it not simply to cast us into darkness. He shakes up this world, not like a thief who shakes you down to steal from you, but he shakes up this world so that you may see what is unshakable. Heaven and earth may pass away, Jesus says, but what remains? My words will never pass away. Here is your hope in the midst of a shaken and chaotic and fearful world, that you have a Lord Jesus who is trustworthy beyond all measure, that you have a one who prepares you for the great day of the Lord. Being prepared for the day of the Lord is what we are all about, and that means being prepared on Sunday morning to hear God's word, to receive his sacraments. But what happens in this place on the Lord's day is preparing you to stand on the last day. You want to be ready, don't you? You don't want to come to the big day and have those nervous butterflies and realize, oh, I'm not prepared for Jesus to return. You want to be ready so that when you see him, you can sing like we just sang. Lo, he comes. Yea, amen. Let him come and establish his kingdom once and for all. And so how do you get ready? It's easy to get ready for a football game. You go to practice. You listen to the coach. You do the drills. You're ready. It's a little bit harder to be ready for the day of the Lord. But it's not impossible. You heard what Jesus said, didn't you? First of all, we should pray. We should pray that he would give us strength. And every time the Lord commands you to pray, do you realize what he's doing? He's giving you a blank check. He's giving you a blank check that you can cash again and again. If Jesus says you should pray for something, then guess what? He wants to give it to you. So if he says, pray that you may have strength to be able to withstand all of these things, guess what happens when you pray for that strength? The Lord says, here you go. I'll give you the strength. So pray. Pray as if it depended on something. Pray as if it mattered. Pray as if the Lord wanted to give you that strength. But Jesus also says to not be weighed down, right? To not be caught under all the weight of this world. And he speaks of people who get drunk and who are dissipated. That's a word we probably don't use very much. But here's the thought. When you get drunk, it doesn't just affect you that one night. What happens the next day? You go through life like this. You're dissipated. You're weighed down. You are unprepared for anything productive at all. This is what happens when we embrace sin. Could be the sin of drunkenness, but it could also be any other sin. It weighs you down. It weighs down your soul. It makes you dull to the Lord's commands. So put away all of those things. Cast them aside so that you would not be weighed down by sin, but that your soul would be light, that it would be ready to respond to God's will. This is what Malachi ends. Malachi ends where our life is now. Behold, I am sending you Elijah who will prepare you. Behold, I am sending you a messenger so that you will be ready for the day of the Lord. You have a messenger, Jesus Christ, and you have a pastor who preaches to you the word. And you have that word written down in Holy Scripture for you to read and mark and inwardly digest so that you would be ready for the big day. Because here's the wonderful thing. When you're actually ready for a big day, when you're ready and those butterflies rise in your stomach, it doesn't scare you. It thrills you. 
So be prepared. Be prepared by making every Lord's Day a priority to be here so that when we come to the day of the Lord, when the end of this world finally comes, not just as we know it, but the end of this passing age finally comes, you may be ready to stand, not shrink away in fear, but stand before the Lord. To him be the glory now and always. Amen.